Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to another NHL, stochastic NHL strategy show uh, presented by BetMGM. I am your host, Josh Harris. I see Jake in chat. I think he's home from his vacation. Or he's on the plane with short shorts showing off the quads to the stewardesses trying to get some free drinks. Nonetheless, he's here. Um, joining me as always is my partner in crime, Slim Cliffy. How was your weekend? Uh, not too bad. Um, kind of sad that there was no hockey yesterday. I mean, I get it. Um, NFL Sunday, you don't want to go up, um, against the NFL all day long. Still kind of sucks having no hockey. Um, good games on Saturday night. Um, I watched that Kings wild game and that was, I don't know, maybe the game of the season so far. Um, either that or that first Montreal Toronto game, um, it didn't seem like the Wild were very happy with their performance. Um, we'll talk about – they're on this slate here today. We'll talk about them a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, that was a great game. I went single entry Saturday night. Ended up cashing uh, thanks to an uh, empty net goal from Vladimir Tarasenko. Though if we could have gotten a couple assists, uh, that would have been even better. But uh, anytime you play single entry and you cash, you will take it and move along. So not a bad weekend. How about you? Yeah, I ended up cashing on that Saturday night as well. I had Tarasenko. I also fell asleep before the Sharks game. I had Mrazek in net for the Blackhawks. Uh, ended up working out, got into the cash, which was nice. I just wanted to give a shout-out to our buddy, uh, Saul Goodman, almost winning another Millie Maker last night, but he did turn 1000 into a hundred, couple hundred grand. I will be submitting my Christmas list to him shortly, but congrats to you. Um, that was awesome. NFL. What a fickle beast, but no hockey. So I guess we had to play NFL if you're playing uh, DFS, but we have a nine game slate today. Five of the five of the road teams have a 3.3 total or higher. This could be quite the slate. There's a lot of injury news. There's some goalie news. There's a lot of news, some lines being changed, which don't really make sense, but we'll get into that. But before we do remember to hit the like and subscribe really helps us out um anytime you, we get more likes get more views we help it helps us bring you guys more free shows and who doesn't like free i like free free isn't really free but if you keep hitting that like and subscribe we'll keep doing that and once you subscribe hit that notification bell to get alerts when our shows go live so nine games we probably should get to it we had a 12 gamer on saturday somehow we got through the show without you know, missing a game, but let's get right into it. First game of the night, we have the Florida Panthers with a 3.4 total heading into Boston. The Bruins have a three total. Sergey Bobrovsky and Linus Olmark are confirmed. Brad Marchand is still out, although he did practice with the team. 
over the weekend in a non in a contact jersey. So he should be coming back maybe soon. Uh, the first thing I notice it is a somewhat larger slate, but Florida Panthers have a three point four total. Not getting much ownership at all. I know uh, the the Bruins are a pretty good defensive team, but three point four total with a couple percents of ownership kind of have me interested in some Panthers here. What are you seeing? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Um, Boston is typically a very good lockdown defensive team, and I think we've seen that so far early in this portion of the season. Um, but, you know, on the last show, we talked about how good um, Barkov and Carter Verhage typically have been together. Um, that's, you know, that's still the it's still the case. 2.9 expected goals, 4 per 60 minutes, 3.3 actual goals scored. Um, very, very reasonable price on DraftKings, um, 18-1, which is, you know, that's just, that's perfectly fine. It's not too, too expensive. You can still fit in uh, some better stuff. Um, over 21,000 on FanDuel, which still isn't that bad, but um, it's keeping them with almost no ownership, which I get. I, I mean, you go into that Patrice Bergeron matchup and it can be a pretty brutal grinder um, of a matchup. Uh, at the same time, you know, I don't know if I would get to Florida in single entry, but if I'm playing 20 max or if I'm playing 50 or 150 lineups, I don't know how you get to at least a little bit of Florida one here. Um, you know, you get Barkoff and Reinhardt on the top power play unit. And, and for us making fun fun of their top power play unit, running both Aaron Eckblad and Brandon Montour, power plays look pretty good, at least from what I've seen. And the numbers uh, bear that out at least early on in the season. So, I do like that Florida top line here um, quite a bit. I Like I said, I just don't know if I'm going to be getting to them in a single entry here tonight. Um, one thing to note about Boston is last game, I think they're at home against Arizona. They switched up uh, the right wingers about halfway through the game. and David Pasternak ended up skating and finishing the game with Patrice Bergeron while Craig Smith moved down to the second line. Um we I didn't see a practice uh, escape from them uh, this morning, so we'll have to see uh, when um, when uh, they get to warmups. But um, you know, past the going to that top line would change a lot for me, um, particularly with um, him and Krejci haven't been very good defensively together. Um, Two point four expected goals against per sixty minutes in their time together, going back to a couple years ago when Krejci was still in the NHL. Um, that's about average. Uh, league average, not even Boston average. Um, so it kind of makes me want to think about that Florida second line a little bit with Kachuk and Bennett and, and uh, Rudolph Balsares. But um, I don't think I would want to dip down to a Florida second line uh, on a slate this large. So for me, it'd be Florida top line or bust. Boston second line obviously is very interesting, um, especially where Pasternak is skating over 19 minutes a game early on. Certainly looks like he's trying to boost his value in this contract season for him. So um, I, I, I think it, I don't have any problem dropping down to the Boston second line, but I would definitely want to see what their lineup is uh, when warmups hit. So for me right now, I think this is more uh, about playing Florida one than anything. Um, I don't know if I want to go on the Boston side, but um, they already burned us once this year, I believe in the first game of the season. Um all right, can they do it again here? Like, I'm not sure, but uh, I think just looking at at ownership and price, um, Florida one is the is the line that sticks out to me in this game. 
Yeah, it's mostly an ownership play. I don't like going into Bergeron, even if it is just Taylor Hall and Craig Smith opposed from Marchand and Pasternak. It is still Pratice Bergeron. He is a little bit older, but he's still very good defensively. But 2% on a nine-game slate, I think if you're making, you know, even 20 lineups, all you need is one of 20, get double the field. So I am interested on the Florida side in MME. I will say I want to make a note about that third line, the Florida third line. E2, D2, Lusterainen, Anton Lundell, Colin White. I was always a Colin White fan um, with the Senators. Uh, I like Anton Lundell. That that two-man, they're very, very cheap. I don't know if you have to get there on this slate. You don't have to, like, you know, go in against the Bruins with a third line, but I want to save them for a, a shorter slate. Uh, I just wanted to give it a mention there. On the Boston side, if it is Pasternak up on that top line, I will have some interest there. Uh, I would imagine you know, with new ownership with him up there, they may get close to, you know, double digits. So I, I would err on the side of caution in single entry there. But in MME, I like both sides of this game, especially if Pasternak is up there. Moving to the blue line, um, you know, Aaron Ekblad always there. Montour is a good play if you can't spend up for Ekblad. Punting, I just, I don't think there's anything to punt on the far side. On the Bruins side, if you're doing anything with the top or second line, I think Hampus is fine. Or a Mike Riley uh, punt would be fine because I think Brandon Carlo is out and I think Riley has moved up in the lineup. Yeah, this is now at least three, if not four, Boston defensemen missing from the lineup. So you got to wonder like just how many more injuries can that blue line go through. But um, yeah, I agree with you. I think Mike Riley might see a few more minutes here tonight. So I don't mind him if you're if you're going cheap. Connor Clifton's been playing 23 minutes a game early in the season. So um, if you want to go down full punt with him, I think that's probably the direction to go. Um, honestly, there's just not a lot for defensemen I want to take out of this game. Um, Forsling not on the top power play, 4,800. That's not really appealing. I'd probably just rather play Brandon Montour. And I think Ekblad is just too expensive at 7,000. Agreed. Uh, before we get to the next game, I see we have a super chat from Nicholas Barrett, forty nine ninety nine. Thank you very much. That is a big super chat. Says took second in the top shelf Saturday night. Dallas won. St. Louis won. Killed it. You guys are the best. Actually, you're the best because he won the big money in that contest. We don't make your lineups. You we like to give as good of advice and lessons as we can. You're the one who clicks in your lineup. So congratulations to you. That is amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And congrats again. Like Josh said, you guys are the ones making your lineups. We just try to uh, give the best advice we can. It's it's your money. They're your lineups. So congrats to you. And uh, hopefully you can uh, bake again here real soon. Let's move on to the next game of the night. The people's main event, maybe. The Arizona Coyotes with the 2.3 total heading into Toronto. The minus 500 Maple Leafs have a 4.5 total. That is large. Um, Carol uh, Vigmelka, not confirmed yet. I would be surprised if it wasn't him. And then Eric Calgren going for the, the Leafs tonight. The Leafs are 2-1 and one on the season, but they have not looked great. And you see the ownership on the Leafs' top line here. They're obviously in the best spot of the night, have the biggest total of the night. But, you know, 30% for um, – 30, 30% for Leafs won in this matchup. I, I don't know what to do. I might just go to that second line here. They're getting a little bit under double-digit ownership, and you still get two guys on the power play, maybe full power play stack. On the Coyote side, 
as much as I don't want to play them in a 2.3 total, they're, they have an AHL goalie who just got banged up starting for them. The Leafs haven't looked great defensively. There isn't much on the Coyote side, but maybe some Boyd Keller. I don't know. What are you thinking? Yeah, see, that's the problem here is that the Leafs haven't – there are parts of the Leafs' lines that haven't looked great defensively. I, I don't think that second line of Tavares, Nylander, or Mulligan – I think they've looked good offensively. Don't get me wrong. Um, just they seem to be giving up a bit in their own end. Um, the problem is, is Austin Matthews's line tends to take uh, a fair bit of uh, the top line matchup from the opposition, which means you'll get Matthews out uh, against Boyd and Keller and Kraus. And then, okay, if you want to avoid the Matthews matchup and you want to maybe dip down to Arizona too, like there's just nothing I would want to play uh, on Arizona two or Arizona three or, or, or anything. Like there's just no offensive depth to this team. Um, with Nick Schmaltz injured, um, I, he, they got, you know, maybe Clayton Keller's the best playmaker. We can have that argument, but I think Nick Schmaltz is a pretty good playmaker. But you take him out, it's Clayton Keller and then just a bunch of guys. Um, and Keller's going to be going right into the teeth of that Matthews matchup. I mean, we talked in, in their first couple of games how good uh, Toronto 1 was last year. They're right back to being great this year. 4.2 expected goals for, 1.7 expected goals against. Per 60 minutes, like they're being dominant at both ends. So like, I think they just easily dominate the Arizona top line here tonight. And there's just no depth from the Coyotes. Like if you want to do like a one-off Nick Ritchie, cause he's on the power play and he's super cheap, I guess you can do that. But I like, there's just no, nothing of interest for me on the Arizona side in this matchup, um, even with Colgren and net, um, you know, anything can happen in a single game. But if I'm, you know, if I'm making 20 lineups, I'm not getting to Arizona. So I will probably be out on the Coyotes entirely here tonight. Should note, uh, the Leafs did call up a bunch of guys. Um, Nick Robertson, Victor Mete, Wayne Simmons um, all got called up. Uh, Robertson, he's been around for a few years now, but he's still pretty young. I think he only turned 21 uh, over the summer. Um he was skating on the second line in practice yesterday, but I think we, William Nylander was sick uh, and they're expecting Nylander to play today. So, um, you know, those guys will probably all be in the depth, um, you know, if they even dress. So there's just not a lot uh, that I want to talk about as far as new players uh, for Toronto one and Toronto two. Um, they are coming in with a lot of ownership, as you mentioned, uh, Florida top or the Toronto top line coming in nearly 30%. The second line, uh, you know, seven, eight percent. I think it might actually end up a little bit higher, um, you know, especially in, in more casual low dollar contests. You'll see a lot. You'll see a lot of the more popular names like Matthews and Tavares be typically much higher owned than than we have projected. But, um, you know, like I said, that Toronto second line has been pretty good offensively. Uh, you get two guys um, on the top power play unit. So if you want to do like a Toronto power play stack, I think that's just fine here as well. So I do love just going right back to a Toronto power play stack. Arizona had one of the worst penalty kills in the league last year. I don't see why it would be any better this year. Um, Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor, because this is an audio ad, unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung. More wow than ever. You know, Vimelka can obviously, uh, you know, put up a big game for them. As somebody mentioned in our Discord earlier, pretty sure Vimelka had a big game against the Leafs last year, but it was in Arizona. 
Um, you know, I, I just, he could have a big game, but I don't see how Toronto just doesn't dominate from, you know, pretty much start to finish. So Toronto power play for me in this game, I don't think there's really much on the Arizona side that I want to talk about. Um, if, you know, if um, Nick Schmaltz were still healthy, I think that would be a conversation, but Lawson Kraus just doesn't bring a lot other than shots and hits to that top line. You don't get DK points for hits. So, um, Probably out on Arizona entirely. Toronto power play makes more sense to me, um, especially where uh, Arizona had such a bad, like I said, had such a bad PK last year, and I don't see why it would be better this year. So uh, love Toronto one, love Toronto two. For me, I would just go Toronto power play stack by making a single lineup. Yeah, and the one thing I'll add to Toronto is I preach this lesson all the time. This is an awful slate to one-off Austin Matthews. He's going to be the highest owned player on the slate. So if he busts, you're screwed. If he goes off, congratulations. You you and 40% of your friends have that. And I'm sure most of those 40% have someone else coming along for the ride. So please don't one-off Austin Matthews tonight. There is a minus 120 chance that a one-off Austin Matthews wins the GPP tonight. And I will be eating crow on the show tomorrow. Anyway, moving to the blue line, Morgan Riley, power play quarterback. Uh, he's in my power play stacks. You don't have to. I wouldn't want off him either. Um, on the, I mean, there's not much else there on the Leaf side. On the Coyote side, I guess like JJ Moser on the top power play at 3K. <laughs> he still project <laughs> his projection so funny. That can't be right. 0. 0.05 points, but he is on the top power play at 3K. I don't mind that. But like other than that, maybe Dyson Mayo for some shot blocks, but I'm probably looking elsewhere for defensemen. Yeah, I mean, I, I sh we should mention Shane Gostisbehere, uh, 4,800 over on FanDuel. That's a pretty reasonable price. I know it's still a brutal matchup, but, you know, all you need is, is you know, a goal, maybe an assist and a bunch of shots, and he's just fine. So don't mind him there. What I will mention about the Toronto D, it's, you know, through – the early parts of the season, they're really spreading out the ice time. They have five defensemen playing between 1830 and 20, 2130 a night. Morgan Riley down two minutes per game from his time last year. Now it's just two games, but um, you know, if you're paying a, a super high price for somebody like Morgan Riley, if you're paying 6,400, he's one of the five or six highest priced defensemen tonight. You want him to play more than 21 minutes, even in a soft matchup like this. So he can definitely get there. Um, he can definitely get there in 21 minutes of ice time against this Arizona team. Let's, I mean, let's face facts here. Um, but I think I almost, if I, unless I'm power play, full power play stacking, I'd probably rather just take some savings and go to somebody like Giordano or, or Muzzin or something like that. Fair enough. Let's move on to the next game. We have the Pittsburgh Penguins with a 4.1 road total heading into Montreal. The Canadiens have a 2.7. Casey DeSmith and Samuel Montembeau are confirmed. Uh, same lines uh, for the Penguins. It looks like Evgeny or uh, Sean Monahan up with Suzuki and Caulfield. Dadnoff, Dvorak, Gallagher, Juren, Doc, and Anderson are that third line. That makes Montreal one fully core. Like they were fully correlated with Josh Anderson there, but now with Monahan up there, they're cheaper. They're fully correlated, and they're not getting much ownership. That being said, not the best matchup. They do have a 2.7 total, though. Casey DeSmith in that 
I don't know. I think there's stuff to like on both sides here. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think part of it is uh, Casey DeSmith being in net uh, for uh, Pittsburgh. He hasn't, like, he had every opportunity to kind of break out and be the top goalie for the Penguins, and he just hasn't been able to do it yet. I think he is a step down from Tristan Yari. Tristan Jari, sorry. Um, and where Montreal is coming in so cheap, like, I kind of, I kind of do like the Habs here because, or at least the Habs top line, because like you said, perfectly correlated. Um, you're getting uh, Casey to Smith, the backup in net, and Sean Monahan, like Sean Monahan and Kirby Doc, both look pretty good. Like I've watched every Montreal game so far this season. They've probably, <laughs> they've probably, yeah, fair enough. They've probably been Montreal's two best forwards um, through the early parts of the season, which. Which is why I found it kind of surprising that they broke them up. But I think it's more about trying to bring balance to the rest of the lines rather than the way Monaghan and Doc were playing because they were playing um, extremely well. And like you said, they're coming in with low ownership, three to four percent over on DraftKings. They're cheap enough where they can be used as a secondary stack, so you can fit them in with your, you know, your Toronto power play, or you know, we'll get to you know a Dallas top line or something like that later on in the slate. So. I kind of do like that Montreal, um, that Montreal top line. I don't know if I would go down to any other Montreal line. I know they're really cheap, um, but I kind of worry about ice time. Um, Nick Suzuki's still playing quite a bit of ice time, but the rest of the guys are like 15, 16, 17 minutes um, at the most. Uh, so you're, you know, you're getting limited ice time against a pretty good Pittsburgh middle six. So, I would probably stay away from the Montreal depth here. If I were to go to a line, it'd be Gallagher, Dvorak, and Dodonov. Um, that looks like a pretty good two-way line to me. Um, I think Dodonov has kind of, you know, been unfairly maligned, um, especially with what happened in Vegas. Um, Gallagher obviously can put up a, a good amount of shots um, if he gets any amount of ice time. And Dvorak um, had a tough year at times last year, but I think he turned around well, along with the rest of the team when Martin St. Louis was hired. So, you know, if you want a two-man like uh, Dvorak and Gallagher or something like that, I think that's fine to go super cheap. Um, but more than anything, I, it's, it is that Montreal top line that it is standing out to me because I think Sean Monahan, if he keeps playing the way he has, he would be an upgrade on that line over Josh Anderson. So don't mind Montreal one, but obviously this is a big Pittsburgh one spot. The Montreal top line with Josh Anderson there really, really struggled defensively. Um, they're giving up a lot of chances. Um, if you watched the early uh, Montreal game so far this year, you know how much their goaltending has bailed them out. Um, and Sam Montembeau looks to be in net, not Jake Allen. Not that Montembeau is an awful goalie, but I think Jake Allen's clearly the better goalie of the two. And this is a pretty tough start for Montembeau. Um, you know, Pittsburgh one's probably going to come in with heavy ownership. I would say they're probably going to come in 15%, maybe um, even climb to the high teens. Um, so if you want to do do like we do with Toronto and go with some sort of uh, power play stack, I think that's just fine. But the thing is, is like I said, Montreal's top line hasn't been very good defensively. So I want to take advantage of that matchup. So I, I think just three man stacking the top even strength line, Gensel, Crosby, Raquel is the way I would go in this game. They're not super expensive uh, on DraftKings. They're under 20K. Um, just over 22,000 on FanDuel, um, again, with reasonable ownership, probably around 20, maybe 25%. Um, it's a great spot for them. Um, 
but I'd probably stay away from an over-owned second line uh, for the Penguins here. You know, if you want to add Malkin, if you want to add Rust uh, to kind of, you know, give yourself some additional power play exposure, I think that's fine. But if I'm even strength stacking a line here tonight, uh, it's the top Pittsburgh line. They've looked really good early in the season. Uh, Crosby, I think, had six points in two games or something like that to start the year. Um, unless Sean Monaghan brings a completely different defensive dimension, I think, that Montreal top line is still going to struggle defensively. So uh, for me, I would just go either of the top lines. I do really like the Pittsburgh top line here tonight, despite the ownership. Yeah, it's a pit one game for me or a pit power play. I think if you don't power play stack, I think full stacking that top line uh, will lower your ownership because I think people are going to leave off a Raquel and add in a Rust because it's not too much more expensive on DraftKings. So unless you're full power play stacking, I think full power play or full stacking the top line is what I'm going to do. Um, in one to three lineups, not sure I'm going to get to Montreal, but I do like that top line. They are super cheap. I think they are a nice filler for MME. You want a two-man Dvorak Gallagher for 6400 going into that you know second line. I think that is fine as well. So moving to the blue line. If you're power play stacking, Chris Letang, obviously I think Chris Letang makes for a fine one-off as well. If you are fading Pitt and you want a little bit of exposure there. On the Montreal side, I think, you know, if you are using the power play, Chris Weidman, for whatever reason, is still running the power play. Caden Goulet is a fine punt. Uh, Jordan Harris still min-priced. Yeah, Jordan Harris, probably the guy I would go to, min-priced 2,500 on the Montreal side. I mean, I know what you mean by if Wyman's still running the power play, but they just don't have anyone else, you know what yeah. I mean? With, with Mike Matheson injured, there's just no one else that can actually run the run the power play on that team. So um, I agree with you. I Is this a Jeff Petrie revenge game? Is that what we're going to see here tonight? Uh, 4,300 uh, over on DK, 4,900 over on FanDuel, uh, obviously returning to Montreal for the first time. Uh, since uh, being traded in the offseason. Traded? Signed? I think it was trade. Um, yeah, he was traded. Yeah. Um, he looked pretty good after Martin St. Louis was hired last year, and he's playing like 21, 22 minutes for Pittsburgh. Um, you know, if you don't want to pay all the way up for, for the tank, I think, you know, saving a couple thousand and going to Jeff Petrie makes a lot of sense here tonight. I concur. Ladies and gentlemen, are you having trouble? getting matches on tinder then i have a promo for you ten dollars for 10 days of stochastic platinum use promo card code hardwood that's right promo code hardwood or click the link in the description to sign up nba is almost back and it means it's time for our best promo of the year get full access to all of our data tools that's promo code hardwood for every sport nba nhl nfl pga soccer esports everything we've got as well as a new lineup generator, which allows you to build and export up to 20 lineups using our data. That's 80% off our normal platinum pricing, and you get access to the lineup generator. Again, that's promo code hardwood, or click the link in the description below to sign up. So what's the lineup generator? Glad you asked. I will let you know. Lineup generator is the perfect tool for building winning lineups for any NBA DFS contest. Our cutting edge algorithms analyze player data and trends to help you make the best choices for your lineup. With our easy-to-use interface, you can have the lineups built in seconds. No more hours spent researching players. Get an edge on your opponents by using Lineup Generator's powerful contest simulations. Again, promo code hardwood. Um, yeah. I don't know who came up with that promo, but they deserve a raise. 
Um, also, that lineup generator is awesome for NFL and NBA, and I've heard rumblings that it's going to be coming for NHL, so be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah, let's move on to the next game of the night. We have the Anaheim Ducks with the 2.4 total heading into Madison Square Garden to face my Rangers. The Rangers have a 3.5 total. So, Ryan Strome back in Madison Square Garden, 3,500 power play one. I on almost any other slate at that ownership, I would say, yeah, that's a really good spot. Going into Igor Shesterkin, not my favorite option here. Um, that being said, they're super cheap, uh, fully correlated. Rangers don't have an elite PK by any means. The only the only reason they have good PK numbers is because of Igor Shesterkin. So maybe you go to some Ducks top uh, top line here on the Rangers side. John Gibson has looked pretty bad to start this season. The Rangers top line with Capo Caco has looked very good. The Rangers second line with Alexis Lafreniere up there has looked very good. So I think there's a lot to like on the Rangers side here. Yeah. Um, I was kind of surprised by the Rangers uh, ownership here. Um, the top line of Kreider's advantage at Caco, 18,500 on DK coming in uh, under 5% ownership uh, over on FanDuel. Uh, 20,600 um, coming in at around 5%. Like there isn't a lot of ownership here tonight, which kind of, it, it might seem surprising, but then you look at, you know, Toronto in such a great spot, uh, Pittsburgh in such a great spot. There's, you know, the uh, Boston top line. Um, there's the Car- or, uh, the Colorado top line. We'll talk about uh, a little bit later. Um, even the Winnipeg top line, like there are a lot of, pretty good top lines you know some of them in excellent spots here tonight so you know i don't know if the, if the rangers top line comes in at like three percent but i can definitely see them you know five six seven percent something like that seeing is believing and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the samsung neo qled and oled tvs powered by the neural quantum processor because this is an audio ad unless you can see it which means you already have one Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And they've looked great so far this season. Like, for me, Capo Caco is probably one of the, um, you know, big storylines uh, of the early parts of the season. I've, um, I haven't watched every second of, of all the Rangers games. But it seems like whenever I do watch the Rangers, he's making very stellar offensive plays in the offensive zone that he wasn't making last year or the year before. Like it really looks, you know, I hate to say he's playing with more confidence because I don't know him. I don't know if he's, if he has more confidence or not, but it looks like that's the way he's playing. And he's playing like the guy that was a second overall pick a few years ago, you know, extremely small sample, but um, the offensive numbers, at least by shot generation and expected goal generation have been massive for that Rangers top line here so far this season um it's a wonder what the air uh what the anaheim lines uh look like we're gonna have to see um when warm-ups hit because they did change them 
down the stretch uh, in their loss against the Islanders. They put Troy Terry and Adam Henrique back with Trevor Zegers. Um, Zegers and Henrique is a duo we talk about a lot. Um, some of Zegers' best play has come with Adam Henrique playing alongside him. Um, and Troy Terry, obviously, um, he has, you know, he showed last year, he's 30, he's, he can be easily be a 30 goal scorer. So, you know, that Anaheim, if Terry Henrik, um, Terry Henrik and Zegers look to be aligned here tonight, then I, I would probably have some interest, but nine game slate going into Igor Sisterkin, uh <laughs> on the road just doesn't feel like a, a very good spot to do it. So, I'm probably out on Anaheim entirely. You know, if you want to one-off some guys, I don't have an issue with that because I think they can definitely get on the board, especially if they stack that top line here tonight. But for me, this is about the Rangers top. I mean, I'll say top two lines, but top line more than anything because I think the second line with their pricing is going to be a very popular filler here tonight. Um, And like, I just, I I don't mind taking a a high-owned top line it's just taking a highly owned second line always kind of bothers me. Um, Lafreniere um, must be said has looked good um, so far earlier in the early parts of the season, 13 shots in three games, I think, and he's playing over 17 minutes a game. Um, pretty good from him. So like, if you want to dip down to the Rangers too, that's fine. But I think, you know, between the power play exposure, between how good Cackle looks between pretty reasonable ownership um, and what is a good matchup going against Anaheim. Um, they, you know, they, kind of revamp their offense but they certainly uh don't look to be uh great defensively at least not so far this season so uh, you know i want to get zibanejad and Kreider as much as i can against that john Klingberg pairing so um i really do like the rangers top line tonight considering their ownership and their price they're one of my favorite top lines on the entire slate so uh for me it's about uh rangers one if you want to go rangers two fine but i think uh more than anything it's the rangers top line in this game that should uh attract our attention yeah, I'm in agreement there. And people are kind of like, oh, AK Mika Zibanejan, is he worthy of that? If you ever watch the Rangers power play, he sits at the dot like Alex Ovechkin and just rips one-timers. Like he's And he plays the most out of anyone on the Rangers. So, yeah, Rangers won for me. It's like Igor is going to be one of the most popular goalies of the night. I'm probably not going to get the Ducks in one to three, but I will say, depending on the lines, that's not really how leverage in NHL DFS works, but I would work in a, some very low-owned correlated ducks if the lines work out the way that we want them to. On the blue line, Adam Fox um, probably is the guy if you're power play. Like, if you're going, like, if you're leaving off Capo Caco and you're going, like, Kreider, Zabanajan, I think you add in Adam Fox on the blue line. Other than that, I think, like, one-offing, Jacob Truba is fine. Again, Keandre Miller, price creeping up, but is okay. Zach Jones, min price, power play, quarterbacking the second unit with Truba at min price. I don't mind that there. On the Ducks side, you see John Klingberg down to 3,800. He is on the top power play. I don't know if I'll get to him in one to three, but I would include him in my Duck stacks if I'm using them. Yeah, and besides Klingberg, I'll throw Dmitry Kulikov. You know, at least he's playing 20, 21 minutes a game. Um, he's a guy that can put up, you know, some decent peripherals for a super cheap price. So he's one of the punty guys I have on my list for this one. So let's move on to the next game of the night. This feels like an important game. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks 2.9 total heading into Washington. The Capitals have a 3.2 total. 
Canucks are messing around with their lines, I think. Yeah, Pod Colson up to the top line. Uh, third line is now Kuzmenko, Pedersen, Curtis Lazar. <sighs> and now on the capital side, Alex Ovechkin hasn't scored a goal yet this season. The Canucks have looked awful defensively. This feels like kind of like a perfect storm. But then again, it's the Capitals. I hate stacking the Capitals in DFS. So what are you doing in this game? Yeah, I I mean, we'll have to see what the lineups look like because they were running different players in different spots. Um, Ilya Mikheyev, they thought he might be able to play tonight. Um, doesn't look like he's going to be in. Like you said, it looks like Curtis Lazar is going to be playing with Elias Pedersen. And I'm just like why you know what i mean like i, I told you i just don't get it man i like he's the, he, he he's he's a guy that could probably play well on the fourth line i think he showed that in in, in boston uh last season he's not he's he can't play with elias Pedersen. like who are we kidding uh, like it really really bugs me because Pedersen and kuzmanko have looked really really good so far this year uh for vancouver and like Washington's looked like a mess defensively so far this season. Now, um, we should note that uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov did not skate this morning. Connor McMichael was on the second line as the center uh, for Anthony Manta, and then Dylan Strom staying on the top line. Now, who's, uh, they're saying uh, Kuznetsov was kind of like a maintenance thing. It looks like he's a game time decision. Um, like, like I said, the Caps just look like they have have just really lost a step defensively like, and the goaltending has kind of let them down um, so far this season. Um, I really do like the Vancouver side in this game. Uh, you know, Pedersen and Kuzmenko are probably the guys that I would have the most interest in. It's just, they're starting to really get expensive, right? Like Kuzmenko at 5,200 on DK feels like an expensive price, you know, only a couple hundred less than Nutrition. Uh, virtually right in line with Adrian Kempe, more expensive than Victor Arvidsson and Arturi Lekkinen. Um, you know, with Curtis Lazar there on that line, it kind of worries me. And also, I want to mention, Kuzmenko was moved off the top power play uh, at the end of uh, Vancouver's last game. Um, the last two power plays Vancouver had, Kuzmenko was not there, and it was Brock Besser. So if you're stacking the Pedersen line, all of a sudden you have Elias Pedersen, Kuzmenko at 5,200 on DK, who's no potentially no longer on the power play, and Curtis Lazar on the other side. So as much as I want to play Vancouver, these lines are really just screwing with, with um, what up, whatever upside that they might have had. Um, you know, that Vancouver-Pedersen line, you know, reasonably cheap, uh, you know, because of Lazar, uh, but I would probably just leave him off and then two-man stack Pedersen-Kuzmenko, but then you know, Kuzmenko might not get the power play time. So all of a sudden you're two man stacking a guy that's on one power play and then the other guy that's on the other. Them messing with the line so much just kind of makes me want to bypass Vancouver entirely here tonight. And I feel bad because I'm wearing a Vancouver jersey. Um, I do like uh, watching uh, the Canucks. Maybe we see something different um, when uh, when warmups hit. But as long as Curtis Lazar is on that line, I really don't have any interest. Uh, in Vancouver, and you know, maybe, maybe one off Elias Pedersen, I think could be fine. But for me, honestly, I think I just kind of want to avoid this game altogether. Um, you know, Dylan Strom and, and Ovechkin look okay together. 
Uh, you know, that top line is reasonably cheap. Uh, the Washington second line looks like it's coming in over-owned. So uh, I'll be honest, there's just not a lot that I like in this game up front. They're really screwing with the lines, and I don't think, um, you know, I don't want to play Curtis Lazar. Um, I don't want to play, um, you know, Connor McMichael if he ends up as a, as a second-line center. I don't want to play Pod Colson. I don't want to play, um, you know, Tanner Pearson. Like these – they, the lines, they might work out for the team, but I just don't think they work out for DFS. So I'm going to be honest. I was interested in, in Pedersen and Kuzmenko when I started the, today, when I started my research, but now I think I'm out. I think I'm out on, on the Fords entirely in this game, unless I'm one-offing somebody. Yeah. And one thing going for us, at least, it's a 7 p.m. Eastern start. Most of these games tonight are at 7 p.m. Eastern. So we will see lines for this game around 6.30, maybe – Maybe Mikheyev is in. Maybe they come. Maybe you know, Brucey baby wakes up and is like, "What am I doing?" And puts some good lines together. We'll have to wait and see. But if there is a usable line on the Canucks, there isn't right now. We'll find out in warmups, and hopefully, you know, there'll be a very low own combination if someone good, like if it's not Lazar on that third line and Niels Hoglander comes back up. We don't know. But if there is a usable line. At 6.30 p.m. Eastern for warm-ups, I will be interested. Cap side, like, I never know what to do with the caps. I think maybe, you know, a one-off TJ Oshie is fine. A one-off Ovechkin is fine. But other than that, not a big fan. Moving to the blue lines, Quinn Hughes at 6,200. Seems a bit pricey. He's looked okay. I don't know. Same thing on Carlson, 6,700. I maybe do like a two-man Ovechkin Carlson or Ovechkin Oshie Carlson, something like that. But, you know, these blue liners not really piquing my interest. Yeah, I think Carlson's too expensive, 6700 Um, You know, I think Hughes is fine for his price. Um, he's certainly getting a lot of ice time, not shooting as much as we would like to see generally. But um, I don't really hate um, the idea of a one-off Quinn Hughes because, you know, Vancouver does spread out their scoring. He might be on the ice for all the goals because of how much ice time he plays and all the offensive situations and all that. So I think a one-off Quinn Hughes is fine, but honestly, I'm with you. I just think the defensemen are too expensive in this game, and I'm pro I'm probably going to bypass it entirely other than, you know, maybe some one-offs. Like a, a cheap TJ Oshie one-off I think is fine, or just even one-offing Alex Ovechkin for AK is, is fine as well, but probably not stacking. And we'll get to the goalies at the end. I, I saw some people saying, ask about goalies. I have some goalies written down. We'll get to them at the end so we can talk about it for a minute. Let's move on to the next game. We have the Los Angeles Kings and their 3.4 total heading into Detroit. The Red Wings have a three total. Tyler Bertuzzi is going to be out for four to six weeks with an upper body injury. Jacob Vrana out tonight for personal reasons. Um, the coach moving Kubalik up to the top line, which is nice. I really like that. Finally get him some top six minutes. Uh, Phillips Adina moves to that second line with Kopp and Perron. Um, the one thing I don't like about the wings here are their power play units. The first unit is Raymond, Zadina, Kopp, Elmer Soderblom, and uh, Philip Hronick. Oh, no, Maurice Cedars on that on unit, yeah. excuse me. And then it's Kubalik, Larkin, Perron. Oscar Sundquist and and Philip Ronick, those power play units are frankly disgusting. I don't know why they just don't load up a power play unit. So it, it's going to be tough for me to do anything power play wise with the wings. Looking at the king side, the first thing that stands out is the pricing. They are so cheap. They have a big road total in 
they do have some ownership, which is a bit concerned, but they are so cheap. Yeah, um, I do like um, the Kings top line here uh, going against that Detroit top line. Like, Ubalik might be a good goal scorer, but that's pretty much all he brings. Like, he's not good in transition. He's not good defensively, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, losing Tyler Bertuzzi off that top line probably um, takes the best playmaker that they have. Like, you know, everybody hears the last name Bertuzzi think he's, thinks he's some grinder or something like that. But, you know, T- Tyler Bertuzzi, Tyler Bertuzzi actually has pretty soft hands. He's a good passer, good playmaker. Take him away from Larkin and Raymond. Like, I have concerns about how that top line is going to play together. I don't know if Dominic Kubli is going to finish the game on that top line, like, let's say. So I'm out on the top line. I I think the second line um, is passable with Perron, Kopp, and Zadina. Um, Hopefully Zadina can kind of take a step like Capocacco has for the Rangers. But quite honestly, with the spread out power play, um, with Tyler Bertuzzi gone, um, both lines coming in somewhat over-owned. Um, by our top stacks tool, at least on DraftKings. I think this is a spot where you can let Detroit go. And I'm going to go uh, over on the Kings side. Um, Anze Kopitar is not really shooting, but Fiala and Kempe have looked reasonably good together so far this season. They're allowing quite a bit defensively, but I'm not that worried against the bertuzzi uh Red Wings top line. Um you know, I think you're fine to go down to the second line for the Kings. We talked all the time about how good they were last year. Um, they could generate a ton, but their ownership is really, really high. Like 10% on DraftKings, um, less on FanDuel, uh, a lot less. But if you're playing on DK, they're going to be widely owned because they are a cheap filler that we they can put in. So uh, for me in this game, it's all about Kings 1. I don't care if they're 9 or 10% or whatever. I think this is a pretty good matchup for them. Um, I'm passing on Detroit. Like, I don't know how you lose two guys out of your top six and then decide to spread out the power play, (laughs) that talent on the power play even more. How you don't stack one power play, I don't know. So out on Detroit, in on Kings one. Yeah, I do really like Kings one here. Kings two, a little bit over-owned for me. I will say dipping down to Kings third line, I don't mind at all. If you need really cheap filler, uh, Byfield, Velarde, I follow. Uh, Velarde, min price on the top power play unit. Um, He's looked pretty good to start this season. Uh, if you need a cheap filler tonight, King's third line. Uh, I see. I can't see Jake right now, but I think his eyebrow just raised when I said that. Moving to the blue line, Drew Doughty, 5K. If you're doing anything with the top line, he's the guy. Looks like Sean Dersey back in the lineup. Um, 3,600 I am on board with as well. On the wing side, I like I want to play Cedar at 5,500. I just, I just worry about this lineup, but he is a guy who can get you a combo meal. So for that price, I don't mind it. I think like when push comes to shove, I'd rather one off a Jacob Truba type, but at 5,500, you can do worse. Phil Pronick, Okay. At 4,100. If you really need a punt, Ole Mata. Yeah. Um, Mata was the guy I was going to say. He's another one of the punts that I have. He's playing, I think, you know, 20, 21 minutes. Uh, for Detroit early parts in the season. So he's a punk guy. I don't mind here tonight. Yeah. And uh, how about some no house advantage? That's not knee house, knee house. That's no house advantage. It's bringing you the most dynamic sports platform available. It's a pick and base contest, kind of like prize picks, except you're playing against other people this time. You're not playing with yourself. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, and climb the leaderboard when you make correct picks. 
Test your skills versus the house. And 20 extra entry if you hit all your picks. Bet up to five player prop over-unders in it, or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, MLB, NBA, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now. There's a link in the description. Not a, not as a catchy promo code, but there is a link in the description. And you get a first match deposit bonus of $50. Be sure to also check out our NFL lineup generator and projections for no, no house advantage when you can. Find in the video description below. Again, that's no house advantage. So let's get to these final three games. We have 10 minutes left. My screen just froze. So what game oh, is next? Yeah, Colorado we're on. Avalanche. There we go. Colorado, Minnesota, yep. Yep, Colorado with a 3.3 total heading into Minnesota. The Wild have a 3.1 total. Uh, it's probably going to be Yorgiev for the Avalanche. Phil Gustafsson is confirmed for the Wild. Dina Vason going rogue, um, <laughs> putting Tyson Yost up on the top line. Matt Zuccarello got banged up in morning skate. He's questionable tonight. Second line is Marcus Foligno, Joel Eriksson, Ryan Hartman. <sighs> so Joel Eriksson, Marcus Foligno always go out against top comp. I kind of look liked how that line looked a little bit with Yost there defensively. With Hartman there, I'm not sure if they're going to be an elite defensive line. They're going to see a whole bunch of McKinnon, Ranton, and Lekkonen. That line is getting high ownership, not as high as the uh, the Leafs. It could be a nice pivot off them, off the Leafs' top line tonight. Going to Colorado, one these Leafs or these Wild lines are a bit rough for me. I don't know if I'll full stack anything. I don't really know if I'm going to get the Leafs to be on, or the Wild to be honest. Yeah, I, as soon as I saw these lines, all I could think of was the Godfather. Like, look how they massacred my boy. Like. <laughs> Jason Jost on the top line. Are we we serious here? Um, With all that said, I like Minnesota one here tonight because the way they run their lines, they send Minnesota uh, top line, the Capra's off line avoids all the top matchups. And, you know, that Colorado second line hasn't looked great so far this season. Uh, You know, pretty much a new line combination with new hook moving up and, and Evan Rodriguez being brought in. And then the third line, like the depth just isn't strong. So, I don't mind if Zuccarello plays, like even just two men and Capra's off in Zuccarello or one off in Zuccarello uh, here tonight. Minnesota's top line coming in with very reasonable ownership. I think this is a good matchup going against the depth of Colorado. You know, I, I'll probably avoid the Avs top line. I usually avoid them. I usually avoid lines going into Minnesota. That definitely hasn't paid off so far this season. Um, but going against Joel Erickson and Marcus Foligno usually isn't a great idea. So, um you know, if I'm one max, single entry, three maxing, something like that, I'm staying away from uh, the Colorado forwards here. This is a Minnesota one game to me. Yeah. I I wish the Colorado top line ownership was lower because I would take stabs against them going against Eric Snackfelina with Hartman there. Push comes to shove, still probably prefer Toronto one over them. Let's move to the blue line. Uh, pick, you know, any one of the avalanche blue liners. I think in this game, I, you know, if you're using Colorado on Kale McCarr makes sense. Otherwise I think I'd probably go with Devin Taze or Bowen Byram on the wild side. Kale and Addison still on the top power play unit, not doing too much with it right now, but at three K I still think that is fine. Um, Jacob Middleton, good for some shot blocks. Yeah. Middleton might be the guy um, for shot blocking, especially if, if Colorado can, generate offense at will like Los Angeles did the other night uh, against Minnesota. 
Um, if you don't want to play the Colorado Fords, um, one thing I, I frequently do is just one off Kale McCarr. Um, even though he's very, very expensive, um, he's a guy that can just win a single handedly win a game for them and win a, a DFS tournament. So I really do like Kale McCarr as a one off here tonight. If otherwise, I'm not probably not playing the middle price guys, I'm just going all the way down to somebody like Byron or Addison or Middleton. Yep, let's move on to the second last game of the night. Of course, it's a six total, and of course, I like both sides. The Winnipeg Jets with a 2.8 total heading into Dallas. The Stars have a 3.2 total. They're not at home, but shout-out flowchart. They're getting low ownership tonight on Winnipeg 1. Um, I like low-owned low Winnipeg 1. I never really liked chalky Winnipeg 1. Uh, again, on the other side, really like Dallas 1 here. This is one of the lower totals of the slate somehow, but... They are expecting some goals. Still a six, not a five and a half. I think it's both top lines for me. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, Minis or Dallas has started using their top line against opposing top lines more, and that means it's a pretty bad matchup for the Winnipeg top line. That Dallas top line, very good offensively, very good defensively. They play a lot with Miro Heiskanen, who's also very good defensively. Jake Ottinger has looked very, very good to start this year, just like he did last year. So. Um, yeah, absolutely. If you're 20 maxing 50, 150 lineups, if you're playing a lot of lineups, you definitely want to get some Winnipeg one here tonight because you should get good leverage on them between the price and the matchup. My problem with playing Dallas one, they're really spreading out the ice time amongst the Dallas forwards. I don't know if anybody's looked at that so far this year, but I think it's every Dallas forward is between 12 and a half and 16 minutes a game. And Tyler Sagan, Tyler Sagan is leading them, uh, leading all the forwards in ice time. So, uh, you know, do I want to play pay 17k to go up against Connor Hellebuck if the guys might only play 16 minutes? Don't know if I want to do that. So I think Dallas one is perfectly fine to play. Um, I just really worry about ice time. And when you factor in Connor Hellebuck, like it, it just seems like a real tough matchup to be a top two stack. So um, this is probably a game where I'm avoiding um, stacking any of the lines that I'm probably looking more for one offs, like maybe a one off. Tyler Sagan, one-off Mason Marchment, you know, those two guys have looked good together so far this year. I think you can one-off Joe Pavelski if you want to take advantage of the Winnipeg penalty kill because it was bad last year and it looked real bad in their first game of the season. So, um, you know, I think one-off and Joe Pavelski is, is something you can definitely do. Um, Dallas one would be uh, – or Winnipeg one would be the line I would stack if I was taking any line because I'm just real concerned about those Dallas top minutes. Yeah, and – I talked about liking both sides, both top lines. I also really like both goalies in this game. We'll get to that at the end, though. Moving on to the blue line. Don't know why Morrissey's on the top power play unit still. I'm going to I'm gonna ham and haw about that for the rest of the season. Miro Haskinen, fine for me. Uh, also, uh, you know, Colin Miller, Essel Lindell, Nils Lundqvist, Ryan Suter, all usable. Um, not much else on the Winnipeg side besides maybe Dylan DeMello and Brendan Dillon. Yeah, I think it's Ryan Suter for me. He's playing like 22, 23 minutes. And Dallas is splitting the power play pretty evenly, uh, the power play time on ice. So he could get as many or more power play minutes than Miro Haskinen. So don't mind Ryan Suter, especially if you're uh, wanting to avoid, you know, the Dallas guys that might not play a lot. The Dallas forwards, sorry. Yep. Couple minutes left. Let's get to this last game. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes have a 3.3 total heading into Seattle. The Kraken have a 2.7 total. I would imagine it's going to be Freddie Anderson tonight. Philip Grubauer is confirmed. This is a tough matchup for Seattle. Um, 
Not a big fan of their lines either. I think if I had to pick or choose a line here, it would be the Wenberg, Schwartz, Bjorkstrand line. Just, you know, I like, I, I just like Bjorkstrand and he's under 4K. Wenberg, 2,600 on the top power play. You're getting some top power play guys for cheap. That being said, Carolina, very, very good penalty kill. So another thing you notice, Carolina top line, almost no ownership. Carolina second line, almost no ownership. So I think this could be a, a sneaky late hammer spot. Yeah, um, I do like that Wenberg, Bjorkstrand, Schwartz line as well. They've looked really good here uh, to start the year. Uh, Schwartz uh, and Bjorkstrand, 3.3 expected goals per 60 in their 40-plus minutes here so far this season. They'll probably avoid that checking line of Jordan Stahl, Jesper Fast, and Paul Stasny. And anytime I can get a line against Carolina avoiding that line, that's where I would go. Um, so yeah, I do have that Schwartz line circle. They might come in with somewhat high ownership, but you know, if it's three or 4%, I really don't care on the Carolina side. Um, it's the top line for me. Um, I really do like the top line here, but again, it's kind of that Dallas problem where the top line might not see a ton of minutes like, uh, Tubo, I'm pretty sure Tubo Teravine is under 17 minutes, uh, so far to start the season and, and Seth Jarvis is around the same. So, um, you're really banking on the Seattle goaltending being awful again because Seattle's actually looked pretty good. Like their skaters have looked very good to start this year. Their goaltending's been awful. As long as the goaltending isn't awful, this is a tough matchup for Carolina. So I think it's the Carolina top line. I agree with you that I would choose out of this game um, coming in with good ownership, reasonable price. Um, I do like them on the Seattle side. Uh, it's the Bjorkstrand, Schwartz, and Wenberg trio. They're one of my more favorite filler stacks on the slate. Concur. And uh, as always, the show is uh, presented by BetMGM. Coming up after us, we have the No House Advantage Monday Night Football Show with Atan and Jeff. And if you're playing on No House Advantage, don't forget we have free projections on the site and a lineup uploader tool to help you mass multi-enter and take advantage of this overlay. And how can you forget about promo code HARDWOOD? 10 days of stochastic platinum for just $10. Check that out. Link in the description below. A uh, couple minutes left. Let's get to the goalies here. I wrote down Thatcher Demko, 7,300. Um, Connor Hellebuck, Johnny Quick, Jake Ottinger, Philip Grubauer. And if I'm paying up, it's probably going to be for Igor Shesterkin. Yeah, Igor is the expensive goalie I have uh, on my list as well. Uh, for cheaper goalies, I think it's Linus Allmark or Billy Huso for me. Um, depends who starts. Obviously, it could be Nadalkovich starting for the Wings, in which case I'm probably not as excited. But uh, Huso, if he does get the start. Over on FanDuel, I'll also add in those guys, uh, plus Jake Ottinger, uh, relatively cheap on FanDuel. Don't mind him here tonight. Yep, and before we get out of here, uh, let's, give us, let's give the people their hat trick picks. I, my hat trick pick is going to be Capo Caco. Ooh, I like it. I'm going to go... Uh, to a team that I was kind of bad mouthing a little bit earlier. I do like his price and his lineup slotting. Uh, Mr. TJ Oshie from Washington. Very nice for Slim Cliffy producer Slim Cliffy too. I should just give a shout out to Cliffy. He's been producing for us doing a great job. I am Josh Harris. We will be back tomorrow. We'll see you then. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more.